0: Everybody, grab your Bible, pencil, a journal, maybe even a cup of coffee, and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Genesis 17, verses 17 through 19. Then Abraham fell on his face and he laughed, and he said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No. But Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, and I am Dot's daughter. And every week we sit down together and we talk through truths and scripture. And this year we decided to bring you guys along with our Bible reading. Every year my mom and I read through the entire Bible. We start in Genesis to Revelation, and we start January 1 to December 31st. And in this episode, we are in the middle of Genesis. And we talk through Abraham's story a little bit and really showing how— God's plan cannot be thwarted no matter what choices Abraham made. And God is faithful to carry out His Word, and God is faithful to His promise. And not only is that God's heart in Abraham's story, but also in our stories as well. So we are really glad that you're here. So pull up a chair and listen in. Hey, Kara, we're in the beginning couple of weeks of January,
0: and we are still trying to figure out what Bible plan we're going to do. We
1: are. It was, it's kind of ironic. Well, I don't know if it's ironic, but it's funny that we have talked about how we always love reading the Bible through the year. And I always say it wrong, but canonically, the canon, basically. Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you say it, but going from Genesis to Mm -hmm. Revelation, Revelation. just straight through. And it's how I've done it for eight years. You've done it for whatever, 20 years. And, you had this brilliant idea to change yes, it up. Yes, I did.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then now we can right decide back. What, we, right. <laughs> what we I'm right do.
0: back to Genesis, going to Genesis to Revelation. Yes, and it was a great plan. I thought it was a great plan. And uh, for you that are listening, I gave all the family, the uh, adults, a couple of reading plans that they could have and they could read the Bible. But it was a different plan. It was a plan that you would read a little bit in the Old Testament, a little bit in the New, and then Psalms and Proverbs, and it was, you know, it's a great plan. But as I started reading it, and I get into Genesis 1 and 2, and I start thinking about the creation, then I'm expecting to go straight to Genesis 3. And then Mm -hmm. what happened is, they would take me to Matthew, and then they would take (laughs) me to Acts. And I was like, oh my goodness. So, whoever's listening to this, I don't know what plan you're using. But I just want to let you know that it is hard sometimes to know what kind of plan you want to use. But I am very big supporter of a plan because then, like, I look on my calendar and I know every day what verses Mm. that I'm going to read. And I just thought, you know, we talked about, when we talked about reading the Bible through, that... It was just getting it in our head. You don't really study it as much, as much as you're getting it into your head. And so, as you said, probably done this over 20 years. I thought, you know what, I think I want to go a little bit deeper. And as I'm reading it, I do a little bit of commentary and stuff, which is what that plan had. But I
1: am just an old woman that's done this to me. I cannot change. Well, I felt the same because it was hard for me. It was almost like jolting to go from Genesis to Matthew, I think because we have done it that way for mm-hmm. so long. Yeah. And like I said, you've longer, and we both have ADD. Yeah, <laughs> And I think it was almost more distracting mm. for us to, to go, ahead. to jump ahead. But we also, both of us have FOMO because my sister and sister-in-law are doing the other plan. Mm-hmm. And so I feel this like, oh, I want to do it with them, but uh-huh. yeah, also... But- we miss our crowds.
0: So, doesn't if work you're, for us. That's right. So if you're <laughs> yeah. listening, and I don't know what kind of plan you have, but I do highly encourage you to have this plan. But what is exciting, as I've been reading in Genesis, and and, and actually what we're going to talk about today, is that in Genesis 3, you know, you always talk about me talking about Genesis 3, but God made a covenant. He made a plan. He made a commitment to his children that he would take care of Satan. At Genesis three where he deceived the woman and, you know, we know just sin. We talked about this the last week, how sin just, just went rapid into mm-hmm. in the world. And and you know, Adam and Eve had no idea what line, you know, really was laying ahead of them in their decision to disobey God. But the world just changed and it still is just as bad and it's are, you know, uh, still have sin is what I'm saying, now, and so we're still having to we're still dealing with a lot of things that Adam and Eve have done. But the, the thing about it, though, they are at that moment from Genesis three to Revelation, as we're talking about our plan, Carrie. We will see. Um, That there is one theme, and that is God is faithful to his promise. And so he Mm -hmm. made a promise in Genesis 3. And then from Genesis 3 to Revelation, no matter what kind of plan we have, you see one thing, and that is this. God is faithful to his word and faithful to his promise and his covenant. Mm
1: and i think he's he is faithful to fulfill his plan that's right. whatever that plan is he's going whatever his plan is it will happen yeah and that's exactly what i was saying because it's a covenant
0: god made a promise that the, and he has a plan and it is to rescue his children it is to draw his children to him for that for them to know him and for us to know who we are as his child and that was his plan and so he uses this man Abraham, and we, that's where we are today. And he talks to Abraham and he says, Abraham, I want you to come out. I want you to leave everything that you know, and I want you to go to a place. That I will tell you now. Abraham didn't know at the time where he was going, but he had to trust mm-hmm. God, and so this was the first beginning of God working in the lives of Abraham to use Abraham. And then we know that uh, later on, He promises Abraham that He would have a child, and so here's where we are today. And mm-hmm. so, in our mind, and as we're reading it, and we've talked about this earlier. Abraham's waiting. God promised. God promised. And and Abraham even says to God, well, I don't have any children. So mm-hmm. I mean, how's this going to work?
1: And he's like, I'm going to give you a child. Right. God had promised that he would have a child. Many generations. Yeah. As many as a sea or as many as the sand. And the stars and, and to look up at the yes, stars. All and, that. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. like the worst paraphraser. But um, yeah. So he's like, well, that's cool and all God, but I ain't got no kids, and Sarah was barren. Yeah, Sarah couldn't have kids. It wasn't just a matter of, I don't have them. They could not have them.
0: Yeah, and you, as we know, and and definitely, it was very strong in the um, Old Testament mindset was that if you had children, you were blessed by God, and if you didn't have children, there was something going, something God was punishing right.
1: you, which wasn't going back a little bit in Abraham's story. Wasn't Sarah? Didn't Abraham know that Sarah was barren when he chose to marry her? I have no idea. Okay. It's not there. I, it's not I written have made in there. That up. Yeah,
0: I think you did. But because okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, I don't know why, I know, that. they didn't go to the gynecologist. And uh, <laughs> okay. So I don't know why. Sorry, I, guys. <laughs> this is what I have to put up with, folks. But anyway, so as <laughs> uh, we think about this, We know one thing is that it is from God that God wants to set His plan, and He had a plan. It's what you say all the time. God had a plan. Yes, He had a plan. But more important is that God had a commitment. God had a commitment that He was going to uh, take care of Satan, and He was going to destroy the evil, which we find it in Genesis starting, but we really see it climax when Jesus comes, and then Jesus is on the cross. So from Genesis to even the New Testament, the new covenant, when Jesus comes, we will see that God will uh, make good to His promise, to His covenant. Mm-hmm. And that is right. why we call Him a covenant God that the Old Testament, this old covenant right. Then the new covenant. So here's Abraham, he's he's without child. And so Abraham is getting older and Sarah's older. And so Sarah comes up with this great plan. And and really and truly, you know, Kara, we give her a little bit of a hard time because in our minds, like who would say, hey, there's this woman that's living with us. Why don't you go ahead and sleep with her? Like nobody, who right. does that? Right. But but in her mind, she's going to fulfill Maybe what she thought was God's plan and God's what God had promised to them.
1: Well, I wonder, I think in that time it wasn't so absurd because they had maidservants and Mm. concubines and stuff. It wasn't the craziest of ideas in that culture. That's right. For Abraham to do that, which is still crazy, but it wasn't outlandish. It wasn't this like, This had never happened before in that culture. I don't know about with Abraham, but in that culture. Basically, it was cultural. That's right. But uh,
0: up until really and truly we get into the situation, we really want to think about how Sarah's thinking and and how Abraham's thinking. Because when we get into our our scripture that we're reading today, Abraham really believed that Ishmael was the promised child because, Mm -hmm. obviously, Ishmael
1: did come from Abraham. Right. When I don't know that he, at this point in Genesis 17, I don't know that he really realized the wrong he committed, that he took matters into his own hands. I think he, maybe in hindsight, was like, oh yeah, I could see, how, yeah, you know, like I did take it into my own hands, but I don't think he really, it doesn't seem that he really grasped that. The fact that, oh, I took matters in my own hands. This is not how God really wanted this to go down because of the conversation that he and God have in Genesis 17, because he, like you said, he thought, like, what about Ishmael? Yes. And I think it's just a
0: a, a very, very important principle here too, is that a lot of times, even with a good motive or what we thought, good intentions of Mm -hmm. Sarah thinking, well, God's promises, I need to, we need to do something about this, and I can't give you children, so I'm going to give you someone that can give you children. Right, like, oh, it's almost like, oh, this must be the way this is going to go down. Yeah, and isn't it true that we can justify almost anything that we do? We can kind of, you know, we can really set up a great um, story around us wanting to do what we want to do and then asking God to bless it. One of the things I think we have such a hard time even in ministry, and church, and stuff like that, is that we make our plans, and then we pray and ask God to bless it instead of mm-hmm. getting before our God and say, God, what's your plan? And so mm-hmm. I think this is a great principle in here. And one of the things that is very obvious is God's not going to go along with Sarah's plan,
1: and He's not going to well, go along with Abraham's plan. Well, and I think it, what they didn't see and what we don't see is that God wasn't just looking at the moment of just having a child like mm-hmm. he was like he was there was a much bigger story at play right. here there was i mean as we know now abraham led to isaac isaac led to mm-hmm. um jacob, jacob 12 and tribes. then you know mm-hmm. the 12 tribes of israel and mm-hmm. that's the line of jesus you know yeah we know how the story goes so it wasn't this it wasn't like god was like it has to be my way or the highway but it Granted, is. It does. Yeah, it <laughs> right? is. But it's, but it's more like, it's more, there was more at stake. Mm-hmm. It was this story that God was writing, and it wasn't just a matter of, it couldn't be just any child that had mm-hmm. to be Abraham and Sarah. And it wasn't just like, just for the sake of having a child to That's satisfy right. that desire. And that not that that would have been bad, but what they didn't know or fully realize or comprehend was... The greater story that was at stake mm-hmm. and being told, and, and you'll
0: see um, the spiritual walk. You'll see them really grow in the in the Lord, and because you know when Abraham had to just leave everything and go to a place that only God knew where they was going. They were going to Canaan, but that took some faith. And we know that, and we read that, and even in Hebrews, how that by faith, Abraham went to a place where he didn't even know where to go. But then we come to this place where now he's got to trust him for, um, this, you know, error, and it's not happening. And so in Abraham's mind, I think, cause we know this because of what we just read, where that Abraham, you know, he's laughing because God shows up again and says, I'm gonna, Sarah's gonna have a child and I'm gonna, right. um, you know bless you and that many nations and like what you're saying it's not just this one child but many nations will come out of you you will be blessed and um they Mm -hmm. will know that so he has this plan but of course the plan is the messiah and we don't want to miss that and so here is god's commitment his uh covenant with abraham and we know that you know he tells abraham to go lay down and Abraham falls asleep, and God cuts a covenant with Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant. So what that means is very important is that we have to understand that God has made a covenant with us. God has Mm -hmm. said, I am your God. And when he sends his son, he says, I'm sending my son to purchase you. So here's this mentality from the Old Testament that goes all the way to the New Testament, and how that it builds up that God has a plan, and God has a, a way of doing things. And I think for us, Kara, we just get so caught up in like our own, like you're saying, short-sighted of, I just want to have a child, or
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, God said I could have a child, and so He's not working out, and He's not doing what I thought that it needs to do. So we can, we can reframe the scenario and try to make it our own. But The way God works, and when God wants to bless us, He wants to get all the glory,
1: not Sarah Mm -hmm. and not Hagar. One thing that I I always love to note in this story is Abraham was renamed. He was Abram. And God renamed Abraham after the Hagar situation. Mm -hmm. And I really love that. And I remember one of the years that reading through this where it really hit me, where God showed me that Abraham's quote-unquote failure never changed Mm-mm. the purpose, never changed his calling, never changed what God had intended. He actually named and more and solidified it after mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. quote-unquote failure with Hagar. Right. So even after Abraham had a failure of faith to I mean <laughs> not to put it lightly. Yeah. It did, you know, God was still faithful to his word, God was still gracious to Abraham and it his plan can't be thwarted. And I love, and not even his plan, but it's, but Abraham's calling, like Mm -hmm. God choosing to use Abraham. And there had to have been a heart of humility within Abraham for God to keep, you know, using it, using Abraham. And that's probably why he called him to begin with. But how Abraham acted in in doubt with Hagar and, Mm -hmm. you know, Taking things in their own hands, yeah. Yeah. Like it never changed. Like not only did it not change Abraham's calling to father the nations, he solidified it. God was like, "Okay, I'm going to make this covenant." Like you're saying, I'm going to do the Abrahamic covenant after this, and I'm going to rename you and Mm -hmm. call you Abraham. Like it wasn't this, like, "Oh, I'll still use you." It was God was like, "No, I'm going to." Yeah, actually. Like put in, I'm gonna solidify yeah. it even more. Like I'm gonna Absolutely. I'm gonna make this even more mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, not just this, well, I guess I'll still use you, but he was like, No. Yeah.
0: I'm, gonna, I'm sticking to my plan and this is mm-hmm. who it is. And a lot of times that's putting so much emphasis on us that if we're just this horrible sinner and You know, how could God ever use us? And, you know, God doesn't want us and doesn't even expect us to be perfect because He knows we're not. That's why He sent us a Savior. And so a lot of times the emphasis will be on us or our mistakes, where God wants to put the emphasis on Himself. Yeah.
1: Like, or even just the sometimes we can get paralyzed in wanting to make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what decision, like, should I take this job or move or put my kids in this school Mm -hmm. or marry this person or, you know, be in this small group or go to—I mean, like, sometimes we can get so paralyzed because we want to do the right thing mm-hmm. or want or to do— Or we are wanting we, something
0: so bad that we try to reframe it that that is God's will. I've seen that a thousand times.
1: Yeah, but I'm I'm saying sometimes it's—we can get paralyzed in wanting to make the right decision. Yeah. And we can tend to forget that when your heart wants what God wants, like, you don't have to— like God's, mm-hmm. God's His gonna purposes are going to prevail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we don't have to be so paralyzed by a decision and mm-hmm. making the right decision. And I think that's a good point, Kara. I think the main thing to think about that is that when
0: we do make those decisions and we really want to do what is the right thing, but maybe we do make a mistake and we think that that's the right thing. What I love is that God doesn't let it come to reality. When your heart is really open and you're really trusting God, then when... You go down a certain path. If that's not the path that God wants for you, He'll close those doors. And that's exactly what He did with Abraham, because with Abraham, yeah. He said, I'm going to make you this great covenant. I'm going to, you know, you're going to be the father of great many nations, and all the nations will, which is where we come in, the Gentiles right there, in Abraham right at the beginning in the Old Testament is where it talks about the Gentiles, because He says, um, all the nations, and, and I will make you into a Uh, be fruitful in all the nations, and they'll all be blessed through Mm -hmm. you, which is Jesus the Messiah. And then he does the circumcision, and he has to uh, be set apart. Now there's this moment of where Abraham has made this mistake of allowing um, Sarah to talk him into doing something that, you know, try to take matters into his own hands, ishmael was sarah's ideal isaac was god's ideal and so god was like no i'm not going to do that so we know for certain by the verses that we read today when abraham said to god oh that ishmael might live before you in other words god let ishmael i love that boy I love Ishmael, let him be the promised child. let him be the one that you will bless mm-hmm. all the nations. And I love it because I wanted to when I'm reading this, I've got it you know highlighted in my Bible where it says, and God said no. you know we all <laughs> get a little upset. we kind of think that God's answering everybody's prayers but ours. And here is Abraham who God chose to to be used mildly through the like your sin down through the history, through all the nations, and eventually the Messiah would come through their generation and through their uh, seed in the fact that He said, no, no, I will not
1: mm-hmm. let you determine my will for you. Which is funny, because what I love seeing in that is, even though God says no, He says um chapter 17 verse 20 as for ishmael i have heard you Mm -hmm. behold i have blessed him and i'll make him fruitful so there's i just feel like like there's such a grace grace and tender and compassionate heart of god to be like no like this isn't the plan i had i actually have this other storyline going down Mm -hmm. that i'm i'm gonna Mm -hmm. purpose and make happen but But I hear you Mm -hmm. and I love you, and I I see your heart toward Ishmael. Mm -hmm. So I will bless Ishmael. I will make him fruitful and I will multiply him greatly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like I just, so I just, I love seeing that where it's like, even though God said no, because there was a greater Mm -hmm. story at play that had to happen between the seed of Sarah Mm -hmm. and Abraham, God was so good and gracious and saying, But I hear you. And 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 he was saying,
0: I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow, Ishmael because that's not my plan, that was yours. But I'm not gonna just toss him aside. I know Abraham, you love him, I know that he's your child, but that's just not my plan. Mm -hmm. And and I do feel like that there is a lot of grace in that. And I feel like God probably really, you know, knew that, of course, because he's God, that Abraham really did love Ishmael. It wasn't that he was because they have to, you know, part. Um, you know, it's Mm -hmm. ironic. We think we've got a big plan, and then when our plan comes out, it turns against us. And remember when Sarah had this great plan that um, <laughs> uh, Hagar would have—you know, their child—and then right. she gets pregnant, and Sarah gets mad, and she turns right. on him. So you know, our plan never really works out best for us. And sometimes we don't feel like we're really content and happy because it's our plan. And I think that what God is trying to say to us is, I know, like you're saying, I know greater things. I know what's in the future. You may not know yet what I'm doing, but I'm doing a great thing. And I think Mm -hmm. today, Kara, as we're ending and we're thinking about our you know these—the covenant that we have a covenant God, that God is faithful to whatever He's promised, and He's promised to be with us forever. He's promised to uh, give only His children the best. He's promised to love us. He's promised to never forsake us. He's promised to hear our cries. That's one of the the things that's here about the covenant of God who hears the cries of His children, and and those are the things we get so caught up in. So many of the our little. Uh, desires that we think, because we can only see what you were saying earlier, we can only see what we want right now. And Sarah wanted a child, and and he felt mm-hmm. like that uh, God had promised him that. And so then God, you know, is absent for a while. He's silent. And how many times wow. have people walked away from God because they've prayed about something, and God is silent, and they're having to wait on Him, and so they just assume that God has forgotten them and forsaken mm-hmm. them which is part of that too.
1: Right, which and I have written in my in the margin around chapter 18 how God waited until the time was right in history and he waited until their hearts were ready and he waited until it was only God who could do it. You mm-hmm. know, it was there's no other explanation for how this just went down other than God did it. And so I think those are the things that it's so hard, but as best as we can, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to remember He's not waiting or going "quote unquote" silent because just for kicks. <laughs> there's yeah, he has a plan. Probably there's a bigger purpose. There's a mm-hmm. bigger reason that I mean, who knows? I mean, it could be because of something timing of history. You know, there. We just don't know those details that he's working out. And I'm preaching to the choir over here, but it's not just about our hearts, which it is. All, I mean, as he cares about our mm-hmm. hearts, but we just don't know. time. We don't know what's at stake and yeah. we don't know the right time, not just because of us, but because of...
0: Everything else in the
1: world, you know, in terms of how history plays out. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of the things that
0: we can look at this and think about as we're getting into Genesis and and into Exodus that God is saying, you know, I've got a plan and you're going to like it. And you could just have to trust me. You know, he started out with Abraham at the very beginning. He said, I want you to go to a place that you don't know. I want you to trust me. And then he comes up and he says, I'm going to give you a child. And Abraham says, I, I don't have any child. And he said, just trust me. And I think that uh, then later on we see that he t- has to lay Isaac down again. Now he's had to give up Ishmael. Now God is saying, now I want you to give up Isaac and we know that we he lays him down, and and when he was going up, and he told to you know Mount Moriah, and was going to uh, offer Isaac as a sacrifice, he told the um, the people that were with him, "We'll be back." So he knew something was going on. And then Isaac said, "Well, where's the, you know, where's all the wood? Where, how, who's going to be the um, sacrifice?" And Abram didn't say, "Well, you are," but he did say this. He said, "God will provide," and you know we know the story, and we know that you know Abraham is about to you know kill Isaac, and I believe with all of his heart, thinking that God was going to raise him right back because he told the you know servants, "I will be right back." But then the you know they see the lamb, uh, and Which I think that's so think... prophetic because later on he says God will provide, and then when you get into the New Testament. Uh, we know that God does provide the
1: lamb, and mm-hmm. um, which I I think it's you know we've you and I we love Ron Dunn who is an yeah. old school preacher mm-hmm. back in the day, and he points out I know you remember this you probably know what mm-hmm. I'm about to say but he points out the progression yeah. and the growth of Abraham
0: in through all the
1: years and how God didn't ask Abraham to. Sacrifice Isaac until Abraham was ready mm-hmm. to sacrifice Isaac. God wouldn't have asked him to sacrifice Isaac, you know, 30 years earlier because God, Abraham wasn't in a place to to yeah. do that, to be okay with that. His heart wasn't mm-hmm. in that place,
0: and I think that's true with us today. I think we have to really sit back and realize that you know we want to trust God, and the more that we see God work in our lives, and the more we give God our lives and surrender our lives and we see how god works and we begin to know him uh you know he says uh, god will provide that he called upon the name of god uh when um hagar had to leave with isaac she saw uh, God visited her, and she called upon the name of God, Jehovah Elroy, the God who sees. And as we're thinking about this, that what God wants us to know is we want, He wants us to know Him, and He wants us to know who He is and His character, and so that we will trust Him. And the more that we get to know God, the more that we know His ways and what He does, and His heart, like you said, the grace and love toward Ishmael, like, you know, don't worry about Ishmael, Abraham. I'm going to take care of Ishmael. But he's just not my plan. He is not who I have chosen. And so I think for us, wouldn't it be great if we would just all say, God, you know what? Who have you chosen? God, what have you chosen? What do you want for our lives? And you know, Kara, I've said this to you as of yesterday, probably. Just being able to go before God and say, God, what do you want What is it that you want from me? Who do you want from me? What do you want from me? And just being able to trust Him. Well, you're not going to do that, Kara, like you're talking about, unless you really know who God is. You're not going to trust your life into the hands of someone that you don't know. And that's the whole point.
1: Well, and I think, too, for us, if your heart really wants what God wants and you're sensitive to that, not Like I said mm-hmm. before, not being paralyzed by, I don't know if this is what God right. wants, and not moving forward. Because as we'll see in Exodus, mm-hmm. there are come times where just take the step. Yeah, If it's not what God wants, He'll stop it. Yeah, um, If your heart is open to that, and we don't have to be, you know, I, someone said to me once that, I don't remember how they said it, but basically like, you're not bigger than God. Mm-hmm. If you want what God wants, He's going to do it. Right. So if you feel led and to make this decision or to choose this thing or whatever, go with that. That's where that faith comes in play, Mm -hmm. where having faith that God can do what He did with Ishmael and still Mm -hmm. carry out His purpose, still do what He promised, still write a great Mm -hmm. story. And if it's not right, God will stop it, just like He—I mean— I
0: I think that what you're saying is that we can— we cannot, we, we sometimes don't step out on faith because we're so worried we're going to make the wrong mistake. And that's turning in our abiding in Christ almost like a works mentality. We're so paranoid, is what you're saying, and, and stifled in the fact that we don't step out on faith to do something. And if we're trusting God and we've given God our mind and our heart, and, and at as best we know, we've surrendered, and we won't want what God's best. As best as we know at that point, then you, I do believe that you need to take the first step, logical step that you know to take. And if God's, if that's not the, in the right direction, you're right. God's on His throne; He's stronger, He's bigger, and He can stop you, even if He has to put a donkey in front of you and talk to you through the donkey. He has a way of directing your path, and He does uh, want to direct our path. But the point of Genesis to Revelation as we start you know together and all of us you know reading this together we just don't want to miss the mentality and the mindset of this God. This God is a covenant God. He is Jehovah, he is uh, Yahweh and that he has a plan for our lives and we can trust him. And the thing that I think that God was saying to Abraham when he said, can I, what about Ishmael? Let, let him be the promised child. And he said, no. I think what God was saying is, I it is my plan and I'm not going to let you get the glory. I think God wants the glory. And so when we are trusting God and we're really waiting on God and we see God you know, fulfilling His promise, we look back and our faith is stronger, our love for God is stronger, our understanding of who God is is stronger. And then the next time when we're in a crossroad and we need to trust God for something, then we have the faith. to. If it's a deeper faith, if it's something that God is... Ask us to live in a journey, a a circumstance, a difficult circumstance. If there's something that goes on in our lives that's very, very difficult, if we've been in the habit of trusting God and seeing and waiting on God and seeing how God works, then when we enter that place that we feel like, oh, God, please don't let that ever happen or, and here it has happened. God will give us the faith because we have been in the process and we've been in that mentality of, I know it's right to always trust God. And I don't know what God's doing, but I know that He can be trusted. He is a covenant God, and He's faithful to His promise, and He's faithful to do what is best for us, because He's promised us that, and He loves us.
1: Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, Dot Bowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.